Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, and also your host. And just before we start the show, I'd like to thank all our listeners for following the show, writing in, because that is the only way we can grow this platform and make it more enjoyable for you. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the show and also leave us a good review because that helps us a lot. There will be a link with a survey in the show notes, so just please click on it and tell us how you feel about this podcast, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy so much. We are looking to improve this experience for you, so please help us and let us know what we can do better. And just before we begin the show, I'd like to thank our sponsors. ShopDrop is an iPhone app that lists every sample sale in New York. So if you want to buy designer clothes without breaking the bank, go to your iPhone and download the ShopDrop app today. Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we have Sarah Kupfer, formerly from California, now from the East Coast. She is an entrepreneur, fitness coach, and body positive advocate. Now, this episode is not exactly related to women in the arts and entertainment. This is a passion, hot topic conversation, talking about lots of important issues and conversations women and Jewish women should have. Most of my clients come to me wanting to lose weight, and the conversation will go somewhat like this. Why do you want to lose weight? I'll hear, I want to be able to run around with my kids. I want to be able to bring my groceries up the stairs without getting out of breath. Believe it or not, that is literally the top answer I get from, from moms. I want to look better. I know that when I'm 10, 10 pounds thinner, I feel better about myself. I just want to feel better about myself. No one ever really says this out loud, but I want to look better naked. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan of yours for a while. Thank you so much. How did you start in the fitness and body image world? Is that something you wanted to do since you were a little girl? Is that something you decided after you finished high school? Also, just give us a little background on your education and the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, born and raised in Toronto, I grew up in a yeshivish community. I went to Beisiakov, Beisiakov High School. Went to Gates Ed Sem. I know no one I tell that to today believes me, but I did. My sister. Yeah, My sister went. We've we hashed this conversation out because, like, we get the same responses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I loved it. Like, I'm happy I went. Well, I loved it and hated equal parts, but I'm happy I went at the end of the day. Um, so when I realized that I wanted to be a fitness coach, I think I laughed the hardest just because my favorite sport growing up was sitting on the couch with a really good book. And I was the last kid chosen for Machanayim and spent recess running from the dodgeball and you could not pay me to go to the gym. I always had this um, direct association of the gym with the treadmill and Zumba and kickboxing and step class, which is fun for people who like it, but it's miserable for people who don't. Um, I fell in the latter category. Um, when I was moving from Toronto to California, I felt like, okay, good time to implement some sort of physical activity into my life, just because this is not healthy. I had read an article about CrossFit and something about the idea of weightlifting intrigued me. So I figured, okay, I'll give it a shot. I went to one intro class, totally fell in love. And the more I got into it, the more I realized how good it felt. 
I realized how incredibly capable my body is if I give it permission to be. So there were so many things that I always wanted to do, but thought I couldn't do until I either lost weight or until I, yeah, really until I lost weight, like bungee jumping or rock climbing or hiking or whatever it is. I thought I'd enjoy it more if I was thinner because there's less fat on me. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like there are messages we get that we just absorb, even though they make no sense. Um, and once I actually started working out, I realized that's not true. All I had to do was actually work on my stamina, work on my endurance, work on my strength, and then I'll have the ability to do those things that I wanted to do. Um, and through that process of realizing what fitness did for me, I realized what it could do for other people. And I realized that in the, the Orthodox community, we're, we really don't prioritize fitness. And so I said, well, someone's got to change that. And if no one else is, then like, I'll give it a shot. So that's how I ended up where I am today. Do you only work with Orthodox women or are you open to working with whoever? How I'm does your business model work? Yeah. I'm totally open to working with whomever. Um, I have zeroed in on the Orthodox community as my niche. Initially, when I went into this, I really want, I wanted to focus on Jewish women because I ha it's relatable. It's something that I'm familiar with. I've been involved in outreach for years. Um, and so for me, that was an exciting part of it. I wanted to connect Jews from all different kinds of communities, not in a like, not in a curvy way as in like, here, come and we'll make you orthodox, like nothing to do with that. But just in a sense of we, we really don't mingle at all. We're so segregated by, by sect and by community. And I love when we can get together and just be women and hang out in a gym. And so that was kind of where my vision was initially. But the more I actually started digging deeper and starting to work with people, I realized that we need so much help in this, in this area within the Orthodox community that I just, it ended up kind of, I guess, not intentionally um, that I found myself working primarily with Orthodox women. And I realized that I really had an incredible opportunity and a ton of potential there. So I, so I made it official. <laughs> hey, and do you work out of a gym or out of your house or do you go to clients' homes? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually moved from LA um, end of March to Lakewood, New Jersey. Um, to open a studio. I was ready at the time I was doing um, small group one-on-one -on -one training initially at my clients' homes. And then I had them come to like my teeny little 260 square foot studio. Um, and I was ready to really take the next step and, and open up a proper studio location. So I moved to New Jersey, had an investor get on board right away before I even had a chance to like work on my business plan. And then once we hashed out all the details and we were ready to actually sit down and do the paperwork, they backed out, which is par for the course when it comes to business. So it was kind of back to square one. And I went back and forth in a bunch of different options because I didn't want to do the in-client's homes because it really wasn't helping me create proof of concept. It wasn't my business model. Fit Jewish, the Fit Jewish experience is so much more than just a workout. It's a, yes, it's a safe space and it's a place, you know, for women only, but it's, it's a place where you want to be. There's a lounge, you know, in the lounge, there's a coffee machine, there's a water cooler, there's some couches, you can hang out there before your class, after your class, the whole setting, it's the environment that really makes up so much of what the Fit Jewish Studio is, that going to Climb's Homes wasn't really going to get me there. I feel like we're totally going into entrepreneurship here, but hey. And then I found a location that was going to be a micro version of what I wanted the ultimate studio to be. I said, okay, let's start small, and then we'll grow out of it in six months to a year. That fell through. Um, what happened? I'm like, okay, I found the space, it was in a residential home. 
It was a beautiful 400 square foot space and they were, they offered to knock down the wall. And I said, okay. And she called me a few days later after she had someone come and say, sorry, we can't knock down the wall. And I was like, okay, not ideal, but I'm still willing to work with it because the location was ideal. The space was genuinely beautiful. There was a ton of natural sunlight. Um, and it made sense, you know, have one little room, a weight room, one little room, a workout room. I could still do one-on-one and semi-private training. Perfect. And I expressed that to her and she said, well, I don't know. The neighbors are not happy about the music. They're a little bit nervous. I don't want to step on any toes. And I was just like, oh, forget it. It's all good. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're so chill about this. I'm like, I, what, what do you want me to, like, it's not going to help if I'm upset. You know what I mean? At this point, there's so many ups and so many downs. You just got to roll with the punches if you want to keep your head above water. So my, a friend of mine said something brilliant to me. She said, you know how we always say we need to meet our clients where they're at? Meaning I can know what's ideal for my client, but if they're not willing to put in the work or they're not at that stage, I need to talk to them where they are. She said, the same way we talk about meeting our clients where they're at, maybe you just need to meet your business where it's at. So I kind of reassessed and figured out what am I good at? What's already working for me? Where do I go from here in order to get to where I want to go? And I created like a mini six month business plan. Um, so right now I, God willing, after Shavuos, will start working one-on-one with clients at their homes, which is not ideal, but at the end of the day, I'm brand new to Lakewood. It helps me build my reputation and get credibility and at the same time, I can continue focusing on the social media stuff and starting, you know, putting together, developing an online course. And so kind of like spreading out my focus a little bit, which is what I didn't want to do, but it's planned spreading, if that makes sense. And at the end of the day, I get to where I want to go. So it's just about learning that I can pivot with whatever comes my way. And I've learned that whatever my plan is, it probably won't work out. So we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen in a month from now. Well, great spirit. So tell me a little bit about your training. I'm a, a CrossFit coach, a CrossFit trainer by training. So that's really where my certification comes from. And I am always reading and always researching and always following the top professionals in the industry and just making sure that I'm aware of what's going on and I'm aware of the new information and the new research that's coming out. And because I work with women, I really focus in on that, um, specifically in the pre and postnatal area. There's so much that we don't know about, especially, especially in the Orthodox community. There's a lot that goes on inside our body that we don't always learn um, and we don't always understand. And my job as a trainer who does have the knowledge and does have the expertise um, is to be able to pass that on and help give my clients the tools that they need in order to support themselves in the best way that they can. Tell us about Fit Jewess and how that's different than any other trainer out there or program. If your primary target is an Orthodox Jewish woman, what is she gaining by coming to you versus going to someone who is not a Fit Jewess? Awesome. Love the question. My philosophy or the fiduous philosophy when it comes to training is that we are body positive, weight neutral. So that means I believe that fitness should be a form of empowerment. I believe it should be a way to help you get stronger, increase your energy, help you feel more confident in your body without putting the focus on weight itself. So it's actually been a really interesting journey for me coming from LA where the body positive movement and help at every size community are really, really growing and strong there coming to Lakewood where I 
I don't even use the terms body positivity and weight neutrality because people just look at me like I fell off the moon. Like, what the heck is that? So it is really using terms like focusing on energy and confidence and strength. And that's something that women can relate to. Um, And it's not that I don't have clients that come to me wanting to lose weight. That's typically why most people go to the gym. We've been conditioned to believe that going to the gym will result in weight loss, whether that's true or not, whether that's sustainable or not is an entirely different conversation. But that's very often why people go to the gym. So I'll have someone, most of my clients come to me wanting to lose weight. And the conversation will go somewhat like this. Why do you want to lose weight? I'll hear, I want to be able to run around with my kids. I want to be able to bring my groceries up the stairs without getting out of breath. Believe it or not, that is literally the top answer I get from from moms. I want to look better. I know that when I'm 10, 10 pounds thinner, I feel better about myself. I just want to feel better about myself. No one ever really says this out loud, but I want to look better naked. And they're all really, really, really legitimate reasons for wanting to lose weight. Except we can't really control that process. What we can do is achieve each of those results by just shifting the focus. So I'll say, if I can get you the results that you're looking for, whether it's running around with your kids or carrying your groceries or feeling more confident in yourself, if we could get you that result... By, and, and at the same time, not focus on the weight, would that be okay with you? I haven't yet had a client who said no and walked away. And I'm perfectly comfortable saying, if that's something that's really, really important to you, I'm happy to refer you out. It's not something I do, but I do have amazing you know, colleagues who are also personal trainers, and I can definitely refer you to someone who would be a better fit. But at the end of the day, if you're willing to actually be honest with yourself, it's not about the way, if I just want to feel comfortable with my body and I know that being 15 pounds thinner does it for me, I'm going to want to be 15 pounds thinner. But if I have a guide who can show me how to, who can help me explore what it means to be comfortable with my body, whether or not I lose the weight, I'm okay with that. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about the weight. It's how I feel about myself. So my goal with my clients is that they should improve their health because working out and exercising is going to improve that. Um, But it should be done by focusing on the things that actually matter, which is the results that you're looking for, not the byproduct, which may be weight loss. What do you tell someone like me? If I was coming to hire you and you would tell me we're not focusing on the weight part, I I think I'd actually walk out. (laughs) Okay. And that's totally normal. I would explore, I would explore like why, it's so important to you. And if it's not about, you know, it's not about the looks or it's not about the clothing, what I I would really just ask you, why does this get such an emotional response from you? What is it about the weight thing that's freaking you the heck out? Okay, so it's not just the weight. I have guilt associated with the fact that I like to post edited pictures. I like to post professional music videos. I know I just interviewed Carrie Barcon before you and she was talking about mm-hmm. how to build a brand, you really have to post the casual stuff because that's more yeah. relatable and you could do it more often. You're, you like having that edited version of yourself that's public. So my question is, number one, why? I, yeah. I'm trying to build a brand name of a Jewish artist I'm not competing with the mainstream world, but I'm trying to bring that sort of idea of pop star sensation in the Orthodox world. Okay. So then my next question would be, why the guilt? Because you say you said there's a little bit of guilt around that. Because on one hand, I'm trying to create a level of professionalism. The idea a little bit being a firm girl doesn't have to go to Miley Cyrus to get that pop star right. experience. She could have something of someone who's singing, you know, Jewish songs 
and moving in a Jewish way, singing in a Jewish way. On the other hand, artists like Miley Cyrus and others are probably, a lot of the pictures are not body positive messaging. And so by doing that, by trying to create that, I'm also compromising or being hypocritical by creating those negative messages toward these same young girls who maybe want to look like that, but I'm not trying to, I'm trying to have that brand, but I don't want to instill negative messaging. Right. And what about the brand that you're trying to create, do you feel like might be giving off the negative messaging? Well, if I don't want to post pictures of when I don't feel so confident, I don't want to be posting pictures or I'm not going to have a photo shoot or video shoot when I'm not feeling great. Well, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you want to create a very specific brand image and that's what you're going for. At the same time, you're not comfortable being vulnerable or you're not comfortable showing yourself in a certain way if you don't feel confident in that look. So what I would ask you is what if we could get you to a place where you can be comfortable with that look, with whatever that is to you. That guilt is coming from a place of, I don't want to be perpetuating this message that people are getting or women and girls are getting that they need to look a certain way. And I feel like if that's what I'm trying to create, I'm basically feeding into that. So you have two options. Option one is to say, no, it's really not about that. This is my brand image, but then maybe open up in a different way. And it doesn't mean I heard something amazing last week. I was very intentional about my vulnerability. And it's funny because I post so much that's personal on in such a public way that people assume I'm an open book. They meet me, they sit down with me, they assume I'm going to like spill my guts and we're going to have this great deep conversation. And I'm not, I'm a really, really private person. And it surprises people because there's so much out there that is really, is really personal and is, you know, takes a lot to open up. But I made that decision because it does feed into my brand image, which is community, which is relatability, which is, yes, we can be, we could learn to be comfortable with who we are based on where we're at. I made that decision It was a marketing decision, but it was also a really human decision. I want to be able to connect with you. And if that's one of the ways that I'm, I went through that struggle for a reason and it's not anything major. It wasn't like I had an eating disorder or anything like that, but for whatever reason I struggled with weight. And if I can use that as a way to empower other women, I will, but it was an intentional decision. So I will be the first person to say that I do think vulnerability has incredible potential to really foster whatever it is you're trying to build. I was at a conference last week and the speaker Priya Parker, who wrote the book, the art of gathering was talking about gatherings and how we need to set them up. And one of the things that she said was vulnerability in and of itself is not a good thing. Vulnerability is only good if it serves a purpose. And so for me, it serves a purpose. It really helps create what I'm trying, it helps me build what I'm trying to create. It helps me form that community. It helps other women to relate to my story and share their story. And sometimes they share it openly. Sometimes they share it with me through, you know, private messaging. Sometimes they're just honest with themselves and I'll never, ever know about it. But for me, vulnerability serves a purpose. You may not feel like it serves a purpose for your brand and it may not. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. On the flip side, you may choose to be vulnerable in a different way. Talking about, I feel like you've posted about this here and there, but talking about what it's like to be a female singer, to be a female entrepreneur, 
to be someone who's trying to create something that doesn't really exist in the community that you're in, that's, that's opening up. That's vulnerability. It just doesn't look the same as mine because it serves a different purpose. There's always going to be two sides to every story. So yes, we want to take into consideration everything we can. We want to make sure we're not perpetuating these messages that are harmful but at the same time, it doesn't mean we have to jump on board with every single feel-good thing going on because that isn't always necessarily helpful either. We are gaining so much by you being true to who you are and creating what you're creating through your music and through the sharing that you do. And I mean, you are like such an artist. And when I say I'm a fan, part of what I love so much about you is that you've met, you really have, you've managed to create this vision of who you are as an artist and how you want that to be portrayed. And whenever I see a picture of you in a gown, I'm just like, I want a picture like that. Like, I love it so much. My favorite, favorite, favorite photo shoot, the one where you're on a horse. I am like such, I love horses, but those, those were beautiful. And they really, they, I don't know. They just like put you forward as who you are. And I love that. I would never say that you should go in like, a, ca- a super casual dress and just like do something low key. Like that's not who you are. That's not your brand. I think you can find a way to share the message in a different way. That really is, is not about confidence. That's really about making sure that you're true to your brand message. We actually didn't address at all the actual confidence thing. Cause we address like brand messaging and, and the guilt associated with it. So if you were actually here in person and we had a conversation about it, I think we would be able to get to the root of what it is. And some people aren't ready and that's okay. I was once at, I spoke once and I sat down for lunch and the person sitting next to me was like, wow, you spoke so beautifully, but I don't want to be comfortable with my body as it is. And I was just like, what do you mean? It's like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Cause I know I feel better when I'm 10 pounds thinner. I'm like, okay, what if we could get you to the place where you feel comfortable now? And she's like, I don't want that. I don't want to learn to be okay with my body now. Now that's really convoluted thinking. Cause if you think about it, it really is just, I've bought so hard into this message that society has told me I can't be comfortable with myself. But at the end of the day, she probably would not be my client because she's not ready for it. You need to be in a place where you are comfortable enough to explore that option. And usually with the help of a guide, it's a lot easier to get to that place because sometimes you just need it, that outside voice to like almost give you permission, which is sad because we shouldn't. It should come from within. But because we've gotten all these external messages telling us the other way, sometimes we need that external voice telling us, no, it's okay. I do think that we could, with most people, we could get them to that place. And if it, if they need another six months till they're there, that's fine. That's fine. I think it's really cool that you do this because now that I'm thinking about it more, there's a certain image of what that instructor is. And there's no, there's no talk about confidence and positive body image. It's all about let's get you to where you need to go. Right. Keep doing those push-ups and keep running. And if if you're not happy with your results, it's because you had that milkshake. It's really, really sad that fitness has become what it is. Um, And I get, yeah, I think that brings us full circle. My goal is really to make it about something that you want to do, not something that you have to do, something that makes you feel good. And it's funny because for a long time, I used the term joyful movement. Like I do believe that exercise should be something that you enjoy doing. It should be something joyful, but I'm kind of shifting away from it because I don't believe it always is. I think there are very often times where we're not enjoying it in the moment or we're not looking forward to it. And if that's happening every single time you're going to work out, then there's something wrong. Maybe you just need to like look at something else. There are definitely 
approaches to setting it up so that it's as productive as and, and as helpful as possible. But at the end of the day, not every workout is going to be one that you love. But I think as long as it's something that you feel good about at the end of the day, that's what we're going for. Whether it's before, during, after, as long as you feel good going into it because you know that you're going to feel good coming out of it. Okay, so if you can show us an average, I'm not necessarily looking for your model client, but an average client, tell us about the progress. Let's see the end of the tunnel, what that looks like for them. Do they actually lose weight even if that wasn't the intention? Are they happier with their confidence and their body image? And do they usually stick around? Does that become part of their lifestyle? Or is it something they throw away because they think they've mastered and come back to you, you know, six months later or two years later? Right. So the clients that I had in LA stuck with me um, for as long as I was available there. The short answer is they get the results that they're looking for and they're continuously making progress. I actually don't weigh my clients. I don't measure my clients. I don't know what they are coming in. I don't know what they are leaving. And typically... I don't ask them to weigh. If they weigh themselves, they don't really share it with me. But because when we sit down, when like when we're having that initial conversation of why do you want to lose weight, we'll also come up with three goals for three months down the road. And that might be like, I've literally have clients make their goals. I want to be able to walk up my stairs without getting out of breath. And if we're working out consistently over the course of three months, so it's, something, it's something that's easily attainable. It's measurable. But it's also something that I want. It's something that will make me feel good. If I can run around with my kids for more than 10 minutes and keep going, that's a goal. So my clients definitely put down goals. And it might be something workout related. It might be I want to do a pull-up in three months. Um, so as long as we're working towards the goal and seeing progress and they're achieving the results they want, they're feeling good. It's interesting because I had a client um, I worked out with. She was actually my first client in LA. Um, and she worked out with me the longest and she had a Shabbos guest who said to her, Oh my gosh, you look amazing. You lost weight. Like she's like, actually I gained weight, but her body shape changed. Like exercise affects us in so many ways and affects everyone differently. So I could never tell someone how it'll affect them. Some people will gain weight cause they're gaining muscle, but at the same time they're losing fat. Um, and so it looks different. Sometimes they won't gain or lose anything, but their body changes. Sometimes it doesn't. I know that was my experience. I didn't lose or gain weight. Um, but I got like a lot shapelier, which I really liked. Um, and things look better in the right places. And some clients will lose weight. There's really no telling how a person's body will respond to it. I had a client who I worked out with. Um, she actually started working out with me while she was pregnant she had been working out with someone else. So I found out, you know, what she was doing prior to that. And when she switched over to me, she told me after she had her baby, this was baby number seven. She said she doesn't remember the first one, but outside of the first baby, this is the only baby she hasn't had to wear um, support, belly support during the end months of pregnancy because she had, because we had worked on her core and strengthened her core and the exercises were catered to where, what stage of pregnancy she was at so that she didn't need an external piece of support. And there's nothing wrong with needing it, but she had strengthened herself to the point where she didn't even need it. I think you answered that question yeah. really nicely. Okay. And on the business end of it, tell us a little bit about your business goals. Like I said, I've kind of zeroed in on the Orthodox community and I want to take my business to the next level and actually open a studio. Vision for Fit Jewess is to 
for Fit Jewish to be the go-to resource for all things fitness related for Jewish women worldwide. So in 10 years from now, Fit Jewish will be a household name. Um, what that looks like in practice is, as you mentioned, I would love to have a Fit Jewish studio in large Jewish communities across the United States. I haven't really thought about further than that, but I think that's like a fair goal for now. And you'd have um, different classes offered there? So or it would be all one-on-one? -on -one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a class-based studio. Um, I feel so strongly about the support of having that community in a class-based setting. Um, I know, like, in the studios here, classes go up to, like, 25 people in a class, which is amazing if you like that high energy. But the coaches have no idea what's going on. They don't know if anyone has an injury. They don't know if anyone is pregnant. They don't know. And I say this because I know people who have gone, and I know some of the coaches who work there. Um you can't get that kind of attention. So I very much want classes, um, but my classes will be capped at 12 people unless there's a second coach on the floor. But because it's important that the community is so important and that cheerleading aspect cannot be underrated. Um, but at the same time, it's important that your coach knows you, knows what's going on and is able to give you modifications because in any one workout, the reality is there should never be one person who isn't doing something different. There's always someone who needs a modification of some sort, and that's a good thing. On an online aspect, um, I feel like I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I really, the end vision is to have um, a membership-based platform where people can access a database of videos, and those will be all different kinds of videos from female trainers all across the world will also have some classes that are live streamed, that kind of thing. Um, but again, that's for like, that's not even something I'm thinking about working on for at least another two years. Um, if anyone steals the idea, you know what, what the heck, go for it. I'll like partner with you when I'm ready. <laughs> and I would love to speak. I, as you can tell, I love talking. So I was actually just invited to Limud UK for, for their winter festival. And I'm super excited about that. But just getting into high schools and, and schools and just kind of having this conversation like this, but with women, it's something that I'm finding, especially being in Lakewood, like, yes, LA is a Mecca for, you know, fitness and all things um, superficial, but it is also kind of the start of this whole body positive movement. Um, whereas here it's not talked about. And the result is that you oh, yeah. have women who are craving it and wanting it so badly, but don't even know exists. And conversations like this are so eye-opening for them. And it's like someone finally giving them permission to just be who they are. Um, so yeah, those are, that's kind of where we're at with this. Uh, how has your life and your business impacted your dating life? Okay. So that's an interesting question because it actually, it hasn't had a huge impact um, one way or the other, except for when I end up starting a relationship and I feel like the guy is three steps ahead of me because whatever information I put out there, I know is public. I kind of, at this point, expect people to Google me. We live in 2019. I expect people to read some of my stuff and have an idea of who I am and what they're getting themselves into. Um, what I don't always realize is that sometimes people read every single gosh darn post and every single comment on every single post. And it's creepy when they repeat it back to me. And I really hope that whoever this guy is doesn't listen to this, but he might because that's kind of what he did. Um, but 
it's weird when, you know, A, when someone's repeating your information back to you and kind of like trying to like thinks it's cute to like sneak it into conversation and you're like, no, no, it's not. Um, but it is frustrating in the sense that we're, I'm starting from square one. I don't, I don't even know your middle name. I don't even, I barely know your last name and here, you know, so much about me. So you feel like, you know, me and granted what you see online is not the full picture, but it is a significant part of the picture because I'm real and I'm authentic. And what you see is very much me. So you feel like you have somewhat of an understanding of who I am, which is true, but I don't know anything about you. So we're not starting a level playing field. Um, and that's something that I've started noticing more and more happening, which is weird. Um, I don't know if you know Aliza Benchalam, but I actually reached out to her and I was like, Aliza, this is happening. And she's like, okay, that's what happens when you're famous. And I'm like, let's not push it. But she was like, actually, you need to speak to so-and-so who has the same experience. Cause she also, you know, puts herself that way out there in that way. Um, it's weird. It is a little weird. On the flip side, it's really frustrating to me when someone doesn't Google me at all. And then I get the like response from a Sharhan. And I, this hasn't happened for a while because I don't really use Sharhan anymore. But um, when I get the response like, oh, he didn't know you have your own business and, you know, you're too strong for him. I get a lot like that I intimidate guys. And I'm just like, whatever, that's who I am. <laughs> you're intimidating. You're not, you're not for me. Um, but it is frustrating when I'm like, come on, you could have just Googled me. You know, I have my business. If that's going to be like a deal breaker, a deal breaker <laughs> then I mean, basics, come on, basics, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't have internet access either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not dating those guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being so open. I love this. This is fun. <laughs> How can people find you? I'm on Instagram at fitjewess, website or blog is fitjewess.com. And on Facebook, I am Sarah Kupfer. Thank you, Sarah, for being on the show. Thank you for opening up, sharing your story. If you have been enjoying the show, please make sure to subscribe, leave us a good review, share this podcast with other friends. Also, make sure to go back and listen to the episodes from the beginning. We have some amazing Jewish female artists who have been featured on the show. And if you do have suggestions for any future interviews you think we should hold, please make sure to reach out at franciscak at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Also, please click on the link in the show notes to fill out a quick survey to help us build, improve, and make this podcast better for you. 